For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Just finally got uh, the cold from my daughter, so you can hear my voice. You know, the I can hear that. You have a cold. Wow. I do. I do. It's kind of unusual, but I spent a couple of nights uh, taking care of her. So after, you know, just the cold just, just came down with it. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It's way better now. Just my voice is wow. a little odd. I'm I'm counting on all the I'm building all the immunity for the rest of the winter. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. How are you doing? How was the weekend? So much going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because um <clears throat> in the moment it really felt sort of like confusing and teetering on something happening, nothing happening, and I wasn't really clear on what was happening, you know. And since nothing, like we didn't hook up, nothing happened, I sort of felt like, oh, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, I think, and since then, we've been texting and there's been some confirmed flirting. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah. Um, so now there's a there's like a really clear it's clear that there's mutual interest and it should have been clear early on but um we were sort of I don't know it I don't know why I and I think there might be something about the way my brain processes information um I think I tend to be like a little bit really in the deep like really focused on the details and so I, I might lose the big picture, okay. you know, like in the, or the context or the, the broader meaning. I, I'm sort of like really focused on what's happening, you know, in the moment. Um, and I, maybe I get a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe I get sensory overload because I'm um, 
because I'm so empathic and there's so much there's so much information happening. You know what I mean? So I, right. I sort of get so so overloaded on the the all of the information in the present moment. And this kind of happens to me when I'm introducing people. I get a little bit of social overload, and sometimes I can forget people's names. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, hold on one second. I had to just take my medicine. Um, but... Uh, I'm going to get my plug here. So, um, so it started out with him texting me saying that it was, you know, really, he just dropped off his son and it was um, at boarding school and it was very emotional and he would be here in half an hour, you know, hour and a half or whatever and I needed to take him out for a drink. And so then when he got here, we had a, we had a really big hug, like a long, tight hug. <laughs> And then, uh-huh. um, and I, you know, we came in, introduced them to Rosa and Searsha, and then we um, we went on the beach and we had a beer and a long talk, and and we stayed there until it started to get dark. And he sort of he sort of introduced, raised the topic of, in a general way of sex, and he made a joke about American beer. He's like, what? He's like, there's a joke in, in the UK about American beer and it's this. He's like, what is American beer and making love on a on a boat? What do they have uh-huh. in common? And and the answer is they're both close to the close to water. <laughs> so um, so that he sort of broached the topic of sex, right? He brought that into the relationship where it had never been, you know, between us before. Ooh. Because I think we had a professional. Or a friend said there were boundaries, right? It was boundaries, right? So, um, then we went out to dinner, and are you tapping though? I am, and um, he said um, he raised an issue of like um, that he's which he has said before, which is he's a little intimidated by me because Mm. of the amount of intimacy, the um, insight I have into people. Mm. Um, and he feels, you know, normally he can kind of control how people perceive him, <laughs> but with me, nice. he can't. Um, and and I said we talked a lot about that, and and he had put, kind of put me on the pedestal. He actually said something really, which was a great feedback for me. He's like, I've worked with a lot of people in your profession, and by far and away, you are the best at this, and you have been able to really accurately see. He, people, human beings and their nature and their motivations, you know, which was really interesting feedback. I hadn't heard that before. That's real and it, very powerful because he's, he's a very knowledgeable guy. He has traveled the world. He really knows, right? Yeah, and that he's worked with a lot of people, you know, a lot of consultants and, you know, the, my abilities are, you know, anyway, so it, but this is a professional thing, right? So he Right. And I think he, he he feels, and and I said, do you feel uncomfortable being seen? Um, mm-hmm. And he said, a little bit. And I said, yeah, well, I understand that. I, and I said, I guess in the relationships I've been in, um, the intimate relationships, 
they're intense and they're, you know, there is, they're very intimate. And so I really see the person, another person has really seen me and in some ways they are able to see me more than I know myself, myself, you know, um, mm-hmm. at times. And that's, that's probably a little bit more normal or typical for me. Um, and I said, well, you know, do you think, I have ever misused that. And I said the danger with it is seeing another person is misusing that information, right? And he said, no, absolutely not. And um, and then I gave him some examples of how I've misused it in the past and how I have to really manage myself because when I'm – I was like, when I'm really hyper-triggered, you know, or anyone's really triggered, you take one of the weapons they're just sitting around you and you hurl them, you know? Right, and, right. And for, for me, that is like really deep knowledge about somebody. And um, I have to be really careful because it can be really bad. <laughs> and I gave him an example of how I did that with Peter once. And he's like, okay, it's good to know that you're just like the rest of us. So <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I think he felt, um, you know, he's putting me on this pedestal because in my work, you know, I have this totally compassionate, nonjudgmental approach to other, other people. And um, I'm very gentle and I'm very Buddhist about it. You know, I take an attitude of compassion, even to very bad behaviors, even though I still acknowledge, like if he's someone, he has a number of people in the organization that are destructive, really destructive. And I don't shy away from that. But my attitude is that those behaviors come from scar tissue or damage or all kinds of, so I have a compassionate view which he would be very judgmental and harsh, you know, normally about those things. So I think he saw me as this, like, you know, Dalai Lama type that. But I'm not. I'm a human being, you know. And I, so now he knows that I have a, that side. And I talked also. He's trying to figure out, like, why, if you're so good at assessing people, why haven't you been able to assess someone to be, to be your partner? And I was like, mm. well, you know, when... I assess people professionally. I'm not emotionally involved with them, and I don't. I'm not interested in them, and so my vulnerabilities and um, insecurities and they don't. They're not involved. I'm. I'm less biased. But when there's emotion, my emotions are involved, and I'm interested in somebody. All of that stuff comes out, and then right. that's where the the imprinting from my father has really imposed itself and caused me to be with these people that are not great, you know? Yeah. Um, and he seemed to get that, you know? But it was bothersome, like, to be caught, you know, to feel like he feels intimidated by me. And I said, you know, have I been intimidating or whatever? And and he said, no, no, no. And then he, you know, at the end of the night, he really reassured me. He said, no, it's me. It's not you. Don't worry about it. So, I, you know, I showed him some insecurity, like, being concerned that he was perceiving me in an intimidating manner, you know? Right, yeah, of course. And um, so I think we got through that, and that was an important thing for him to to see me as a person instead of this professional that, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it it does make so much sense because he did, um, he has seen you as as a professional person. And it's also a very deep question to ask you, why knowing so much you weren't able to get your um you know your partner what was what was keeping you right 
That's right. And I've, I've answered that a number of times before, but it's good that he keeps coming back to it because, you know, it, I think my answer is on a deep level that where most people don't live, you know, and it's, it might be sort right. of like he's trying to figure out. I don't think he really thinks as much about how he was imprinted by his parents. Yeah. But when you're imprinted in such a negative way, you know, it's, um, and then it's really helpful for him because he wanted to know, you know, since I have a mentally ill parent and his children have a mentally ill parent, how I dealt right. with that. And, um, and how, you know, so that's been a very, that's been really a great overlap for both of us because I can totally relate to his kids and even to him. And, and you know, he's aware now that he was living in denial about his wife um, for a long time. And um, anyway, so he's, it was a great conversation, and so we moved from professional relationship slash friendship into sort of man-woman area, you know, mm-hmm. um, which was good. And then um, then we came home, and I had to nurse Sirsha, and actually Sirsha had fallen asleep, so I couldn't nurse her because my boobs are really full. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I said I'm going to go nurse her, and he just said, you know, he's going to go to bed. And then so that that was a little disappointing. But then I went off and I pumped, and I came back out into the kitchen, and he heard me moving around. So he came out, and and then he was in his PJs, and so I changed into PJs, but they were very non-sexual PJs. They started so wore, wore PJs that are sort of similar to his. Um. um and then we went to the sofa and we talked. Um, but we sat really far apart on the sofa. Like I chose a spot and then he sort of sat far away. And then I started to have a really intense stomachache. Really intense. Uh-huh. Terrible, like in my intestines. And I used to huh. get this when I was a kid, these like really sharp pains in my lower digestive system. Um like, huh, something's going on. Um, and, and I think it was because he wasn't making, he wasn't making the move. He wasn't sort of, I wasn't clear where things stood. It was sort of like, he was, he was still kind of outside the circle of intimacy, right? And Mm -hmm. the inner circle. And so what did we talk about then? I can't remember what we were talking about, but, you know, one of the things he asked me a couple of times over the weekend was, you know, in the past when I've ended significant relationships, how much time did I need at following the relationship um, before I started a new one, before I was ready? And I told him for Seamus, it was two years. And for Peter, it was one year. And then for Augie, it was like zero time. Um, and it really depended because when I ended those relationships, I was still in love with those people. And so it took a long time, and I said, but, you know, you're, that's really different. You're not still in love with your wife. But, um, um, and he sort of asked that question several times, and I answered it several times. <laughs> um, and, and he said, you know, he's kind of in the neutral zone. There's like, he hasn't had time to really think about the future because he's been so busy focusing on wrapping up the, the marriage, ending the marriage, going through all of that, you know, last January, all those interventions, and then getting the boys settled 
into college and now boarding school. And he's still going through the mediation. Um, and but he hasn't. He's in the neutral zone. Like there's the there's grieving the ending. Then you're in the neutral zone, and then there's the third stage, three stages. The third stage is um, thinking about the future, and he's right. not quite there yet. And and so he was asking me about, you know, am I ready? <laughs> he asked me several times, "Am I ready? Am I ready?" And I said, "I yeah, I think I am. I am ready." Um, <clears throat> but I I can imagine I'm, what I'm ready for is sort of a of a long, slow startup. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to jump into something really intense, um, like a long, slow path, because it's going to be a transition <clears throat> for Sertia and me, right? You know, she and I are used to each other. And um, this is going to be a slow transition. And then, we, you know, so, you know, I wanted to know what, what's in my future and what I'm looking for, and I told him about the list. <laughs> And we had a big joke about it because I was like, there are 33 items on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was a little jarring, you know, and, <clears throat> and we laughed at it, you know, and he's like, of course you have a list. Of course there's 33 items on it because he knows, he knows me, you know, and how analytical I can be, you know. And, but then he's like, all right, tell me what's in your list and are there more impo- more and less important things and and. And I said, well, the list can be broken into categories, right? There's like personality and there's values and there's emotional disposition and, and maybe lifestyle things. And so I went through each one and 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 what was on there and, and then I um and then I also he he, he was like, Oh, you know, the, some of the things that came on my list were so obvious to him that they weren't they wouldn't be on his list, you know. Like uh. monogamous, you know, because he was like, there's certain things that he takes for granted. And I said, well, based on my history, I've had to be really explicit about certain things in order to prevent me from getting into bad rela- you know, relationship with the wrong person again, because I've made these right. other mistakes. So I had to really help myself, you know, guide myself to not get into a relationship with someone who's mentally ill or, you know, has different values and all that. So, um, um, and that made a lot of sense to me. I think it made the list a little bit smaller. Because he's like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, he said, I don't have a list. But then he was like, yeah, but... And then I said, well, as he was listening to mine and agreeing with these things, he said, um, I was like, see, you have an inner list. You just haven't been explicit with yourself about it. Mm-hmm. And then he ended, the conversation ended up being, it's the same list that we have. Um, or similar. Oh. And... Um, And then Sunday, then we went to bed, and I think we maybe hugged before bed. And then I didn't sleep. <laughs> oh. I didn't sleep hardly at all. I was so I so stimulated by the situation that but he slept really well. And then he went running the next morning, and and then Sarah and I went out for a bike ride when he was running. Um, we tried to intercept him with some water, and and then. Um, but we missed him, and then then we went out for breakfast while we had because we're having an open house this weekend um, for the apartment, and then 
Yeah, so that was nice. And then he was great with Saoirse. Some beautiful, beautiful pictures of him and Saoirse. Beautiful. Mm. Oh, I would like to. Yeah, send me one. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen him. Let me send them to you right now. Yeah, it's so interesting because, Deb, what you're telling me, isn't it, it is fascinating from what you're telling me, it sounds like it was quite an intimate connection. Yes. You know, it was really profound in the sense of like what you talked about, how you talked about it. And recently I was talking actually with a client and we were, um, I don't know how we came about, but we were talking about, you know, whether it is, um, yeah, relationships and the importance of actually being able to talk because, oh, oh, look at that. It's so sweet. Two more are coming. Okay. Yeah, and so um, the, the first picture is um, we were walking on the beach. The last thing we did before he left was walk on the beach, and I did something very, very sweet, which I don't know if he fully knows, but um, I, it's hard. To, it's a very rocky beach, so you need to kind of wear these big rubber boots with nice soles, like bogs. I don't know if you know about bogs or... Sort of oh, like yes, yes, yeah. yeah I so I bought a pair of bogs for him. And you did? I, had, I did. And I guessed on his thigh, his foot size, and I happened to get it right. And I oh, said, my God. I said, you know, I don't know what, what size your feet are, but I, have, I might have some wellies for you. We need to walk on the beach with these wellies because it's very rocky and hard, and we can at least, you know, stomp in the water if we, if we want to with these wellies. And I took them out, and he's like, they fit. So I don't. I, I didn't tell him that I bought them for him, um, but um, anyway, it worked out perfect. And so this, the first picture, I said, "You want to wear Sirsha?" And he did. And this is her falling asleep in the baby carrier with him on it on the beach. Yeah, I can see it. Beautiful picture. The three of them, really beautiful. I mean, he, he's, he's. I can see how you really like him. How old is he? Fifty-three. Huh. He looks very jovial, but he does look like some, you know. See, he's 53 or 63? 53, 5'3". Huh. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that what happens is that his white hair and being bald, that, that's why he's like, he's, yeah, he's very young looking, the guy. Um, he's more than, uh, what, to no, 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 just that it makes him look older, you know, when there's no hair and stuff. Well, you know, that could be. Like, I think he's a little insecure about his appearance. Interesting. Um, but before I get to that, because there have been some discussions about that since. <laughs> um, um yeah, and then when he left, so we came in. Here she was asleep. I put her, I put her down. I also started. I I texted my friend Matt and I said I need some help because oh, on the evening on Saturday night he said something really important. He said I have a heart, I've been so long in a marriage and you know so boundaried and he used that word, but that I don't know how to signal interest. And I was like, oh. oh. I was like, wow, I get it. I get it. 
And so that's why I had been so confused because he's not signaling interest. Or he sort of of is, but it's so mild that I can't tell. It's a weak signal, you know? Yes, yeah. That was super helpful information. So then I text in the middle of the night or something like that. I texted Matt and I, I said, I need some help. You know, what? he's having a hard time signaling interest. What can I do? Yeah. And Matt told me that he got a text the next morning. He said, you need to get close, get physically close. So I started touching him. I just started mm. touching him, like just, you know, on the arm or, you know, whatever. Not in a, a gross way, but just in a warm way, you know? Yeah. And that really helped. Oh, it <laughs> so, is? How, how so? Um, I think it just relaxed him and it decreased, it diminished the physical space between us. So, like, you know, we became more comfortable physically in each other's company. And then when we were walking on the beach, we would bump into each other's arm a little bit. And when I was putting on the the baby carrier, you know, like, I don't know. It was just more, he, he relaxed a little. The barrier, the, like the imperceptible barrier went down. Right, right. That makes sense. And, yeah. Um, and then I think it made it possible to have this really long, tight hug before he left. And I think there's just some part of me. It was my cheek or my shoulder or my neck or something like that. And it was this long, tight hug. And I really love his body, I have to say. I love his body. <laughs> it felt really good. So that's really great. Um, but there was no kissing, like no making out or anything like that, which I think is okay. At first I was really disappointed, but now I'm sort of like, you know, that's okay. Um, yeah, because he, he's actually, my sense is that he's been really in a very tough situation. Where, where is, is he still living in the house? Is he, yeah. What is the situation? He's still living in the house. He can't leave the house. Because um, um, hold on, someone outside is waving. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's I'm what? a little distracted. Is waving? Someone is waving to me. I need to tell Rosa to tell, go bring Shisha to the playground. My friend, my okay, he can't sorry. leave the house. Is that what you said? Um, he can't leave the house because if he leaves the house, and they live in a ginormous house, so they don't interact that often. There's like an apartment, and then there's a house. It's like a 10,000-square-foot CEO house, you know? Right. <laughs> he lives in one wing, and he lives in the apartment over the – there's like an in-law's apartment or something, so they rarely run into each other. But he can't leave the house because it's perceived, and I've heard this from other divorcing people, but it's perceived as um, – Abandoning the home or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he's yeah. stuck in that situation and they're still working out the details. And yeah. So he's yeah. in an awkward position, you know. It's, it's, it's an awkward position. And so, you know, he's not sure when to start. So he, the right thing happened that, that we didn't hook up, even though I'm kind of, I'm, you know, binary about it. Like, I'm very physical. I'm very sexual. So that it didn't happen, I sort of was feeling like it was a failure, like nothing happened. Like when I texted you, I was like, nothing happened. <laughs> right, right. But that's such a simple, overly simplistic view on it. Well, but you know what I said? There's also, let's, let's put it into perspective, right, Dev? Because 
and, and I know that you're tapping, but just to remind both of us that many times what happens is that, you know, you're ready. You're ready. Your body's ready. You like him. And it's like, okay, enough already, right? It's just like, uh, it's like this, there's a need. There's a physical need. All the hormones yeah. and the whole thing is, is going. So for that part of you that is more, we'll call it more physical and primitive, it's like nothing happened. It's like nothing happened. Right. Yeah. Now, when we when we go high, so that's like first, second, and third chakra, right? Now, when we get to the, you know, to your heart and above, there's so much that happened, yeah. but it was subtle and it was yet extremely powerful. Um, and it wasn't and, explicit, right? We weren't saying we were talking in neutral terms about these topics, as opposed to let's sit down and talk about a relationship between us. You know, it was never that explicit. You're, you're right; it was subtle. And it was right. like something we're talking about, a topic in the middle. It was neutral, but it was never like, you know, what should we do? What, you know, how about us? Mm-hmm. It was never explicit, you know? Yeah. It's a little brilliant. And, so, and what has changed with the texting now? Do you think that, right. it, have you been texting more and it's a little bit more flirty? Or Yes, yes. Okay. So he left and I texted him the photo of him on the, you know, the photos I had of him with Sarah the beautiful ones of her. Did you see the other two? Yes, they're all beautiful. I love them. Yeah, Yeah, they're beautiful. Very beautiful. And I I texted him that, and then he said, beautiful photo, thank you for a wonderful time. And then he put three X's on his text. Which yeah. is the first time. So I was like, oh, my God, the barrier has been broken. Yay. And, um, and then I, I said, I'm so glad you had a wonderful time. I did, too. And then I sent three X's back. <laughs> so now we're sort of like there's a little, you know, oh, the other thing you told me. I, before you go down that further down my path, he said, I asked him, you know, do you want to date? Maybe you want to play the field and see, you know, be out there. He's like, uh-huh. no, I don't want that. Mm. Do you want to date? Is that what you asked him? If you want to yeah, date? Yeah, like maybe you want to, maybe you want to explore the world, you know, maybe you want to date lots of women, date lots of people. Yeah. And he said, no, I don't yeah. want that. Yeah, no, he's, he's actually, interestingly enough, he, he has your same profile, by the way. He's a knowledgeable yeah. achiever, charismatic leader. That's excellent. Yeah. So he has, and did you notice how he, his, his first emotion is not anger, it's more disappointment. And, uh, and he has a very sensitive heart that he keeps a little bit withdrawn, you know, just by being a knowledgeable achiever because, um, because it's, very, it's a very tender heart. It's yes. it's somehow like a, as a defense, right? There's a little bit of a, a distance, just a little bit of a distance that is yes. covered by intellectual connection. Yes. You know, it's so great that you said that because we were moving in and out of intellectual and personal conversations. And it was very easy for mm-hmm. both of us to sort of get stuck on like Kim Jong-un and economy and you know we were both like it's right. where you know what's going on in the business it's very easy for us to get out there and I know that 
as soon as we're spending a lot of time talking about that, I would consciously bring it back to the personal, and then it would blossom again. So that's well because that's a comfort zone. That's a total comfort zone, right? Let's talk about you know the things that are and and one thing that he has had that I'm not surprised about his physical appearance or whatnot is that what happened with his wife. It's a huge blow to who he is. See, there's something very, very, you know, this is interesting. I mean, I hope this is useful. And um, <laughs> I have to admit, Deb, that when it comes to you, as you very well, I think you already know, you're very special and different than anybody else that either Stefan or I work with, right? Oh, um, thank you. How so? How <laughs> is that? How so? In what way? Well, you're, you're like a... You know, Stefan is always a little bit more about boundaries, where me and my, my Latin culture boundaries are very malleable. <laughs> <laughs> are flexible, yeah. let's call it. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, we, we both love you, you so with much. your boundaries between him. I, 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 I get that, and I don't want to push you on that, you know. No, of course, of course, no. But the, the one piece is that I think it's helpful to you, for you to understand, and I would never, ju- it's not out of, of course, out of gossip or being unethical no, in any way, no, no. Yeah. and you, you know that. Uh, but yes, I think yes. it would be helpful to understand is that, and, and you know him, right? You know him. That is exactly in reply in, in in connection with what he said that he likes knowing how people perceive him and knowing that he has a level of control about it. And see, because of the family he comes from, that is very important for him. To have a certain level of success, he comes from parents. That I don't know how much he talked to you about his family. Yeah, he told me all about his family. Yeah, his parents. Right. And so, up so the and... right. So it's very important for him. His parents also, like you know, struggled and did all kinds. And they always worked together. They worked really hard, but they worked together and they made it happen. And they have a solid foundation for their family. And and uh, and for him to actually, he's the only one that is divorcing, I think it's a huge blow. Yeah. You know, not only that, that he actually picks someone that is so challenging, you know, and that he you know, he tried for so long, for so yeah. long to just make it work and figure it out and, you know, so... I wouldn't be surprised that he's going to take his time to repair that, but at the same time, I can see, even if I didn't know him at all, I could see how as much as he you know, admires you and has you a little bit on a pedestal, how it could be very threatening for him that you really like him. Because at times there may be a little bit of a, a disconnect between who he knows he is and his sense of worth and value and he's a great human being and a, a great man, but there's a part of him that is, and he won't, he probably won't say these words, but a tiny bit ashamed of what happened. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Right. So, so when you say so, threatening to him that I like him, what do you mean by that? Or could well, be. that he's, well, if you're in a place, well, it's exactly what we worked last week, right? That you were in a place of slight shame about your you know, needing and wanting to connect and liking him or really wanting him to like you. So shame is, is something where if you feel like you're not good enough or something has happened that you are somehow broken or defective or something is wrong with you, it's hard to allow 
others to really like us when we are not liking ourselves. You know, as you're speaking that, something that has crossed my mind before is I wonder how much of his shame I'm also picking up. Because I am an empath and I do take on other people's energies. Right. And I'm sure I have my own in there, but I wonder if, and maybe even the, the sort of stomach pain I was feeling on Saturday night, you mm-hmm. know, I wonder how much is mine and how much is sort of his, some of his emotional stress. Yeah. Yeah, that is it's not unlikely. We did uncover quite a few significant pieces for you, right? But it is absolutely oh, true. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Right, that there's, well, and and this is exactly the work. When you find that right partner, all this stuff comes up because they're like, oh, my God, am I am I going to deserve these? Is these, yeah. you know, it's just, it makes so much sense that all of it just comes up to the surface in a meaningful way. It's like, uh, am I, am I, you know, am I all right? Is this okay? Can I, can I really receive these? Um, do I deserve it? And um, and it makes a lot, even extra extra sense that he was wanting or more comfortable talking about politics or economy or whatever because that's his comfort zone and that's where the place where he has no doubt of his value. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. he mentioned something about how, like, you know, you you actually read people and and that is probably very threatening for him. Well, that's what he said, you know, it's threatening. He can't hide. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and it's just, there's, there's been, and I think my sense is that he, that he might be ready, but he's also a little scared. So. Yeah, I don't know how ready he is. Like, I, I think he might be, he, he, I think he's really scared, and I, like he, I don't know how certain he is of what he wants, and um, sounds like he knows about a lot. But I think he needs to take some time and really think about. And we did a yeah. lot of processing about the, the the relationship, and you know, with with um, Helen and what happened with her, and and we had a we shared a trait around working really, 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 really hard to make a relationship with a, the wrong person work. <laughs> I was like, I've done that so many times. You know, I pick these people who are, have, you know, mental illness in some way or some major emotional problem. And I work really, really, spend years working really, really hard to make it work. And he's like, I I was exactly the same way. And he's like, you know, and we share those things. So he's doing a lot of processing with me of the Helen situation. And I even asked him at one time, I said, what, you know, how would you feel if suddenly she went into treatment? Mm-hmm. And um, he said, I've thought about that a lot. And he said, um, first of all, it's unlikely that she will. And second of all, it's not something that would be cured in a number of weeks or months. It's a, you know, she's got really entrenched problems. And third, I don't, um, it's too late. I don't, you know, too much has transpired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not feeling overly threatened by that. Um, right. But we're also yes. not... So go ahead. No, no. You're, yeah, because it's the same as, you know, as I mentioned, Peter, like even if you went into... Sometimes things that people do and say to you, they, you know, create certain wounds that 
just creates a, a, like a, a canyon between you. You know, it just opens it opens like a um, such a creates distance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like almost like uh, I see it as you know, like the earth part. Because if, if somebody really hurts you in a deep way and is abusive, like both yeah. Peter was and Helen is being has been, it's like it's hard to just breach that space. Yeah. Um, yeah, so since then, um, we've had those texts with the three X's, and then he sent me um, pictures, because when we were on the beach, the first one I sent you was the one that I took with his iPhone of him and Saoirse on the beach with her in the baby carrier, the, the ergo. Mm-hmm. He said, isn't she gorgeous? And he's like, but I'm not so sure about the guy carrying her. Oh. Yeah. So oh. It, I just was like, he just gave me a softball. I got to hit it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yeah, she's super, super sweet when she falls asleep. She's sleepy and cute. And I said, and the guy carrying her is hot. Wow. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go right at it, you know. Um, and I, then I, afterwards I thought, oh, my God, that maybe that was too much because he's British and it brings up, you know, sex. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I was like, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to – it's true. That's how I feel about him. Right. Good for you. you were, did, he, did he reply in any particular way or just like maybe he's – He did. Like, it took oh. a little while. It took, took a little while for him to come back. <laughs> I'm sure he was like processing that, you know, and then he said, um, he resisted it. And he said, Yeah, well, I'll read it to you. Let me read it to you. He said, I've been described in many ways over the last couple of years, but never as hot. If you're referring <laughs> to the weather, I didn't think it was that warm. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, um, I wrote back, I said, ha ha, you see, that's the problem with being a CEO. People aren't telling you the truth. <laughs> that's this sweet. is something we had, we had talked about, you know, how people, because I'm writing this article, and, and I, one of the points I was making in the article is that no one tells the CEO the truth, and so they live in this alternate reality. Um, right. And he's like, that's absolutely true, and that's the most difficult thing about it. So I was, anyways, just referring to the conversation. And then after that, I said, you're definitely hot. So that's that's really nice. So, how are you feeling with all of these? Because it sounds like it's uh, interestingly, even though there's a part of you that is totally ready, this could be something that is going to start. You know, it could potentially build quite slowly. If we build it slowly, that would actually be ideal for me. Right. And I'm feeling really relaxed about it. Like, I'm feeling like, you know, if it goes somewhere great, if it doesn't, that's okay. The the right person will come along. If he's not the right one, the right one will come. Wow. And, that's awesome. And just, that is. I don't know why I'm feeling so relaxed about it. But, um, you know what I think it is, Deb? Is that what? we, last, well, last week we did some significant work, and I think that, what came of it, there was a big part of you that had shame and had concern and fear that you were not desirable 
and that nobody wanted, you know, that you wouldn't be wanted. And him putting you in such a high place and treating you like, you know, you're such, which you are, you know, you're such a special person and you're so, you're so great. It's like, oh, okay. So even if it ends up not working, I think you have regained, you, you know, you have reconnected with who you truly are. Because you are an awesome catch. Yes. I think so, and I, I'm feeling, yeah, maybe I'm feeling reassured by his interest. I mean, he did come spend two days with me and, um, you know, invested a lot of time, and, and this is a, an incredibly high-quality person, um, and I think the work we've done, the work we did around deservingness and and also faith that the right person will come, I'm not feeling... Needy, I'm not feeling like I, even though I can feel needy, I, I'm not feeling like... Desperate. There's no... Yes. Yeah. It seems to me that the desperation has gone. Yeah. And so what is what is the next... I know he's all over the place. Is there a chance that he's going to come visit again? Or could you... Well, what he said was, that, you know, hopefully I'll see you again soon. And I said, excellent. That would be great. So it's all up in the air. He's, I think, I'm traveling for a month. Um, but mm-hmm. he, he, I think he's going to come back either at the end of September or the second week in October to see he's Tommy to? again. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so it's just up in the air. But I'm just letting it drift. Like, let it, let it go. You know, just, I'm sort of giving it up to the universe. Let the universe, let it flow. I'm feeling like I'm just going to let it flow. And Perfect. not grip, a, grip or control or freak out or have have a freaked out energy about it, you know? Yeah. And, and it sounds it is, like a... Go ahead, go ahead. If it's a slow build, that would be ideal for me because I'm still super close with Sirsha and I don't want to just all of a sudden, you know, introduce this massive new element into our life together. I want it okay. to be a slow because... And being, you know, it is diverting some attention from her. Like, you know, there were some times we spent together and, like, you know, just having brunch together, you know, shifting my attention between her and him, she, you know, she gets less attention from me. Yeah. In those moments where if it's just us, I'm 100% dedicated to her and we're both present in the same bubble. But when, you know, he and I are having intense conversations, all of my energy and emotion is going to him. And for a few moments, and I check back in with her, but she doesn't have it, you know? Right. So I'm not willing, I'm not ready to just abandon all of that with her. So slow, I imagine the slow, long ramp up. That's, you know. Yeah. So it sounds it sounds actually perfect, doesn't it? Yes. Great. Yeah. Great. So it's it's because it also seems like this is a there, you are embarking in a new really important project with the whole moving, right? Yes. So when Which are you? It's also really you, exciting and and wonderful. So I'm excited about that. I don't, you know, all of my excitement isn't only in the area of the romantic area, you know, like I have exactly. this cool, you know, this cool stuff going on in my life. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that is something that is, you know, it's about you and Sergio creating your new home. There's so much going on, and it's, it's just wonderful. It's great. It is wonderful. Yeah. He, he also said that he imagines himself moving to the U.K. for the winters, um, being close to the office, um, and in the summer spending somewhere in the States, maybe New Hampshire. Hmm. And I bet that that's something that you would probably like. Yes. I mean, I like like you, I wouldn't say the UK is my sole country, you know? Um, yeah. But um, <coughs> yeah, he told me where it would be. It's Warwick, sort of northwest of London. Uh-huh. Um, so that's the is that where his family is? No, that's where the business is, the UK, the British headquarters, ah, the European headquarters. Okay. And he needs, it makes more sense for him to be there because it would be it, just for a number of reasons related to the business. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, who, who knows where it's going to, how it's going to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's something that is just to, de- to, to develop, right? I mean, that's yeah. also an idea, and it may work. It may be wonderful. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me how the other piece that was really huge about this weekend, and I know, well, no, he's gone, is your dad. How did that go? It went really well. Wow. It went really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my dad did you... usual stuff, and he sort of, actually, he didn't do his usual stuff. He didn't say anything negative about my mom. Wow. For the first time ever, he didn't talk about that. But he, he did he did love to talk about politics and like he just he has to go into that and and I like I don't agree with his views, but I didn't I didn't go there and he just got to sit with Sirsha and try to play with her and he's talking about how he's approaching his illness and what what treatment path he's taking and he might split his time between here and. In Washington State, so because Mark is going to give him some treatments, and I, I think that makes sense. Like Mark should be taking care of Dad. You know, he's they have that relationship. They, they have kind of a volatile relationship, but. Um, and when um, we're talking about his illness, is it his yeah. schizophrenia or okay? Prostate. He has prostate cancer. Ah, okay, okay. And Mark okay. is going to, you know, help it treat it in some some ways and. So he's trying to put together a, a treatment plan and, you know, Mark, and I have always thought he was going to, I, not always, but since the cancer thing, I thought he was going to move here and Mark would help him. Now, they do have a volatile relationship. We all do. Volatile <laughs> 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 relationships. It's like on and off. And, um, and he's aware of that, but he, you know, so I just, I just have to listen. My dad is not a listener. He's a projector. He's sort of, you know, always, you know, out there with his own stuff. So, yeah. Um, but it's so amazing to recognize because what we worked on is an accepting, right? This is who he is. Yeah. It's not going to change. And how can you relate to him knowing that he has a good heart? He really loves you and Sirsha. And he's, you know, to whatever degree he can, he he's, you know, he's just happy for you and he wants you to be happy. And then yeah. that's about it, right? That it's like mm-hmm. expecting anything else from him. Uh, it's just like wanting to go get milk at the hardware store and being frustrated every time. <laughs> that's an awesome image. 
metaphor, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that that's how it is sometimes with, you know, with certain people. We keep on trying and keep on trying and hoping that something's going to shift when it's like, uh, no, that's not going to change. Um, and it's really on us. You know, the joke is on us if we keep on wanting to change when it's just... Well, I haven't, in all honesty, I haven't wanted him to change um, for since maybe in my 20s. But I've, okay. I've had like a feeling of despicableness that is like resisting who he is. Like not, not like, it's not like an act of resistance or argumentation with him. Um, it's more like I kind of can't stand it. <laughs> And yeah. so now I still kind of can't stand it, but I just, I just, I guess maybe I accept that I can't stand it. And I just yeah. sit with the stuff that I can't stand. I just, just sort of, I don't, in, what it is, I don't engage with it. I don't, and I still have a, an inner reaction, but I don't act on it. Right, of course. And you can have it and then remind yourself that there's, yeah, you know, and I think that it's wonderful. You could even be willing to accept that you cannot stand him at times and that, you know, he might be despicable and just willing to accept that you don't like the way he is and, you know, slowly just working yourself into a space where it's just acceptance of, acceptance of what is. Exactly, right? yeah. And the truth of the matter is he is your dad. He is the way he is. Uh, he doesn't have, I, what I'm hearing is that as you have started changing your energy around him, with some, we, we've done so much work with him, yeah. it's interesting that he's doing some little changes. Like yeah, you're talking negatively is. about he your is. mom. And, yeah. Well, and was I he nice to Searsha? He was very nice to Searsha, although he wanted to talk more to me and pay less attention to her, which was interesting. Right. Um, so he didn't, but because he, he's always projecting, he, he's very self-absorbed, very self-absorbed, and it's all about him and his treatment plan and his thinking and his views on this and views on that, and you know, a little bit of attention to Sierra from time to time. It's hard for him to sort of just sit there and be with her, but he can maybe do it for a few minutes yeah. um, at a time, um, and. But but also because he has, I think part it could be part of my energy shift, but also, you know, he's got cancer and he's focused on that. So the mom thing is suddenly the, the not, not the biggest crisis anymore. Right, right. That's good. But, but it could also be the energy shift, like since I'm not, you know, arguing anymore. Right, because if your energy is not confrontational, then, you know, there's less to to resist against. Yes. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Ah, I'm so oh. happy. You seem to be in a really good place with so many things. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I have yeah. everything set up with a move except for child care. So... Um, I have a place for end of October, early November, and we're, the offer deadline for the condo is today, and I'm sure we're going to sell it, and um, it's all in place. Wow. How did it, because you had an open house this past weekend as well? Yep, we had an open house on Sunday. We had three viewers last night, and we had one viewer on 
Friday, so we've had like, I guess, um, 11 parties who are interested in it. Wow. Yeah. That's wonderful. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great. Great for you, and then it sounds like things are moving along. The universe is supporting me right now, what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, fabulous, and, uh, Deb. It is. There's so much work we've been doing, and it's so um, it's so great. So thank yeah. you. Absolutely, yeah. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it sounds like everything is in a great place. I know that there may be a little bit that at some point, whenever you're ready or you want to, may be a good idea to work on, on your mom and things like that, you know, were uncovered. But whenever it's, you know, the time is right. Right now I think that it's, it would be a wonderful idea to just enjoy all the the yumminess and the wonderful things that are happening. Yeah. 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 That's great. And Sirsha looks, oh, my gosh, she's really growing, isn't she? She's so tall. She's so wonderful. She's just so much fun right now. That's so great. Yeah, it's really, um, she's really long. She's very long. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're a tall lady, so, you know, for whatever I know, I know you can share no jeans, but I... She still looks like you, even if it doesn't make any sense. She does <laughs> now, Dave, look I like me. She really does. I was just noticing that like I do. Sorry, go ahead. She's like a, your blonde, the blonde version of you. Yeah, she's the blonde version of me somehow. And who knows <laughs> what epigenetics, right? Like my epigenetics have definitely influenced her. We exchange cells. Like our, we have. Um, in fact, I was reading somewhere that the even the first baby I conceived is still part of me. Because you exchange what? cells between the the embryo and the and the mother, um, that's and amazing. That, it is amazing. So those, you know, you're always part of each other. So it's kind of nice to know that the first baby, I, the first pregnancy, is still with me genetically or, or biologically. You know, that's that's um, really sweet. That's yeah, wonderful. it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say that I don't see you on my calendar, but I, I guess you have my scheduler, so whenever you you need you, you'll just pop there. But why don't we plan something for next week? Do you have, um, you have time on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday next week? <laughs> yeah, I have a 10 on, I have a 10 on, let's see, I have a 10 on Tuesday. Wednesday, it would be 11. Let's do 11 on Wednesday. Okay, sounds good. Great. All right, great. Thank you so much. Wonderful. So you're very welcome. I'm very happy how everything's going. I know. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Take care. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.